Hello there and a warm welcome to the final whistle with me, Kenzie Vanali. And me, Steve Forbes. Well, what a game. The Saints coming from behind twice to draw 3-3 with Spurs. Paul Belverston and Dean Hammond are back with us to discuss that one. Uh, Bel, was a big smile on your face. We'll come to you first. Certainly a good one to be in the stands for. What did you make of that Southampton performance? Absolutely magnificent. Shows such belief. They played some fantastic football at times. You know, spoke before the game about remembering the 3-2 win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium about a year ago and and all the good stuff they showed that day and how they're looking to replicate that again. Well, you know, you look at Antonio Conte's face when it may, when it's 3-1. He thinks the game is over. He he you know, his teams don't throw away leads, two goals leads with uh, with only 15 minutes remaining. Heads never drop for Southampton. A wonderful comeback. They they arguably didn't deserve to be two goals behind. You know, they let in a couple of sloppy goals, but, you know, this gives everyone an enormous lift going into that international break. It's so important going into breaks like that on a high. You know, some miserable people might say two points dropped. That is a wonderful point from the position they were in. Great performances all over the pitch. The the fans here clearly believe they've got the right man in charge as well. They were singing Ruben Sellers' name. Uh, I think, yeah, wonderful, wonderful feeling at the full-time whistle, even though in the league table terms it doesn't change much. But I think great belief, great spirit shown again today. Yeah, absolutely. And it really looked like a, a team that wants to fight to stay in the Premier League, Dean. What were your thoughts on that game? Just echo what Paul says. It's, it was a brilliant game to watch. Loved every minute of it. The, the atmosphere was fantastic. Um, but the players deserve so much credit because... To come back 3-1 uh, down was, was brilliant. And it was a fantastic game of football. It was brilliant to watch. Some good goals, um, some, some good play. In the first half, I thought there was moments. You know, there, there seems to be a bit of a style back now with the players. They're trying to build up possession, trying to find those gaps, not just trying to get the ball wide and flung it in the box anymore, trying to find those little cute passes. So it was a really, really good watch. But the game came alive in, in the second half and it was... It was fantastic and, and Paul's right, the atmosphere here today was brilliant. The fans were fantastic and the players just have got a bit more belief now. It doesn't change the table but that momentum and that feeling, you carry that now. You really, really do and it will give the players some, some belief. And Another thing I'd like to mention and I love seeing was the calm presence of the manager on the sideline. At every moment, whether it was 1-0, one 2-1, one 3-1, one, just continuing his message to the players, keep believing, keep trying to do the right things and they kept trying to do the right things and it's exciting I love watching it free all brilliant been even better if they could have won obviously but a fantastic game to watch and yes yeah, just brilliant to be here because it was great to see some areas like this so look we're in there fighting and that's all you can ask now, Belvers, you spent the first half watching from just behind the benches, which seemed to be where most of the action was happening. Four injuries in total, two for each side. The medical staff obviously kept busy. Southampton lost both their centre-backs, and it kind of made for maybe a disjointed first half for the Saints. Yeah, it really did. Neither side could get going for a long time. You know, first of all, Richarlison going off in tears. Didn't really see what happened to him, to be honest. But then... You know, for a club, any club to lose both centre-backs in the first half hour, 35 minutes, to only have one centre-back on the bench as well, to then come through it as they did was was fantastic. Uh, it was. It's always entertaining watching Antonio Conte. There was a, a moment in the first half, Theo Walcott was causing real problems, as he did all game, in fairness, but Ben Davis and Pedro Porro actually swapped sides because... 
presumably someone on the pitch said, Porro, you're better at, you know, keeping Walcott uh, shackled. And Conte started kicking things and screaming at them. He didn't want that. It went back the other way. And, you know, Walcott carried on causing problems. But, yeah, there was some there was some sloppy play first half. It was stop-start. It was both teams trying to, you know, work each other out and that sort of thing. But, you know, the way... Southampton reacted. Ainsley Maitland-Niles coming on to play centre-back again. He'd only played there once before. That was that awful Wolves game that was here uh, about a month ago. And that was in a back three. So, you know, he has played in a lot of positions on the pitch for Arsenal over the years. But he's never played centre-back. He's now played twice for Saints and, and done pretty well, you know, considering. So, yeah, wonderful. The first half... That's not the one to watch on Match of the Day or, or around the world later, but yeah, that, uh, they coped very, very well with, as we said, that, that stop-start nature of it. Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solon. They've got every chance of getting something against Spurs today, who was shocking on the road of late, so why not take advantage of that? Long late. Interfeet to Son again. He's picked up a great little space and he's found a free man on the right. Here's Pedro Porro. Surely it's 1 0. It is. This time the Spaniard has smashed it high up under the crossbar. So, might be my phone near the thing as Saints break through on the right. Walcott, low ball. Adam scores. No flag. Saints have equalised within one minute of the restart. Fantastic start for the second half for Southampton. Porro, the goal scorer for Spurs, his first Premier League goal, slides it down the right wing for Kuliseski, deep in the Saints half on the right, crosses dangerously to the back post, free header, Harry Kane, Johnny on the spot as you'd expect from him, crosses it right back across the penalty area, back out to Son on this near side, Walcott's in front of him, Kuliseski behind him, the Swede crosses again into a dangerous area, Maitland-Niles does well and then this volley from Perisic gives him his first Premier League goal for Tottenham, that's a nice clever header from Walker-Peters and a good ball from Sulemana out to the right. Now Ward-Prowse can cross this again. Heads go up, Mara gets his head. Walcott, it is 3-2! And Walker has his seventh goal against Spurs and the former Arsenal man gets the goal. Last minute of normal time, corner from the right. Ward-Prowse outswinger. He's going to look for Salisu, who won the header but he hit it against the defender. He might get another chance. Saints are getting a penalty! Drama for the foul on Maitland-Niles. Ward-Prowse lines it up, Forster touches the crossbar. Here he comes, and he scores! Oh, oh, good penalty. Third time lucky for James Ward-Prowse from the penalty spot. His seventh goal of the season. Hearts in mouths right until the end. A dramatic comeback by Saints. A great point in the end against Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, indeed. Well, Spurs opened the scoring on the stroke of half-time. Dean, Pedro Porro had all sorts of time to pick his spot. How did that happen? Well, it's it's just what Paul's mentioned there. Because we had the two centre-halves had, had gone off the pitch, Salas, who had come on, obviously, and, and Maitland-Niles had, had come on. is not a natural uh, centre-half. So he's probably overcompensated and gone too far across the pitch, which obviously means Salas, who comes across, and then... Um, Perro comes across then and there's just too much room. It's kind of the right thing to do, but Perro just needs to pass the player on to, to Salasu. It's that communication again, just to warn him. And then he doesn't have to, he needs to cover, but not come quite as far across. And he just, he leaves too much space really. But, you know, Tottenham exploited it very, very well. They saw that opening and it's a good finish. It really is. He goes for power. 
difficult for Bazunu to, to save that. You expect him to go across the goal, um, but he just he just smashes it as hard as he can, really. I don't think there's any quality in it, um, but he gets good power and it's, it's a good finish. Not sure Tottenham deserved it at that point. I think a, a nil-nil at half-time would have been a, a fair result. Even though Southampton had had a few half chances, had a lot of possession, um, I think Southampton started the game brilliant in the first couple of minutes and maybe a little overcritical. I think Shea should score, really. He goes with the wrong foot, he goes with his left foot and actually if the ball, as the ball's coming across, if he just continues it with his right and just gets a little touch on it, I think he scores. Um, but no, the response in the second half was, was fantastic from, from Southampton. But it was just the players being over-honest, trying to help each other and trying to cover but it's just that little bit of uh, experience there, just to pass the player on, hold your position, and then that won't happen. Well, if Southampton fans were dejected going into the break, they had something to cheer about barely a minute into the second half with a goal from Shea Adams, and it was Romeo Lavia's killer pass that created it. It really was, and that's something Dean pointed out beforehand, that against a, a team in the top four, you could see many, many managers going with the, the more conservative option and keeping Diallo in there as more of a shield in front of the back four. He went with Lavia, and like Dean said, he gives more opportunities for creativity. He's, he's played some wonderful through balls this season, certainly in sort of more recent weeks, and that's what happened here. He, he pushed the ball through for Theo Walcott, who, who left Perisic, who'd come on for Ben Davis and, uh, and Clement Longley, both of them in his wake, and then it was a first-time cross, and, and the ball comes over, and, and Shea gets a lovely touch on it. He, he hasn't scored many in recent weeks, but, you know, blimey, that was, a, that was an important one. And, and, you know, there'll be a lot of Southampton fans who'd missed it because they were, they were sort of mumbling into their half-time pints and pies and so on. And they're up against a team that's known for being a second-half team this season. Spurs have, have sort of... Um, lethargically bumbled their way through first 45-minute sessions so far in recent weeks and months and, and then come out explosive in the second half. They didn't have that opportunity today because, because Southampton were right at them, I think, 45 seconds from kickoff. So, yeah, wonderful reaction and, you know, it set up uh, an exciting half. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, we certainly enjoyed the game, didn't we? And it's safe to say that uh, you, the fans, definitely did as well. Lots of uh, love coming in on the socials. Uh, we'll start with this comment here from St. Rob on YouTube. He says, what a game. Uh, ben Gallagher, thanks for your comment. Oliver Kirby on Facebook says, what a comeback. Proud of the boys. Big game uh, versus West in two weeks up the Saints. Um, great draw before the international break. Well done, Ruben. Well done, boys, from Mark Pollard. Uh, here's one for you, actually, Belvis, from Richard Hall. Uh, he says, thank you for the apology, Belvis. All forgiven. Incredible game today up the Saints. The jinx is over. The jinx is officially over. There you go. That's a, a nice one to leave it with for now. Uh, but we should talk about uh, Shea Adams, shouldn't we, Dean? I mean, he scored his first Premier League goal since Liverpool away before the World Cup break, which was obviously great to see, uh, certainly a positive. We're now hoping that that catch-up analogy comes true and the goals start flowing a bit more. Well, he does He does score. When uh, Shea scores, he, he tends to go on a bit of a run um, and, and get a few more. But I thought he was great again today. I, I love watching Shea because he, he's so committed. You know, he's such a team player. He can score goals. It's a brilliant goal. Like Bells has just explained there, the ball from, from Lavia, the run from Theo Walcott I thought was outstanding today. His runs in behind was, was brilliant, so clever. Um, but the pass to, to Shane. What Shea does in that moment is he's patient. 
you could you could run too early to be over eager thinking this is my chance I, I can score here but he's patient he runs across his defender so they can't touch him and he just gets that slightest touch and, and it goes in so it's all about the movement from him um, but he worked his socks off today his hold up play was good he was really really aggressive there was one moment in the second half where I think he goes to have a shot, he gets blocked and he has a 40-50 yard sprint to then make a tackle because Tottenham are on the counter-attack and that's the player he is. If he can get more goals, he's going to be an even better player. But I'm really pleased for him for, for getting that goal and we need more goals. We, we spoke about that a lot and, and Shea can score goals and it was good to see that type of goal because we know the goals he scores from the halfway line, from half volleys, from headers, but the tappings he doesn't generally get so it was really good to, to see that and the way he celebrated as well and the way the players celebrated with him I, I think it means a lot to the players and they value him um, but he was very very good today and it was a brilliant team performance so and he started that comeback in the second half in the second half Harry Kane's header and then Ivan Perich's strike it, it seemed to almost suck the positivity out of the stadium at that point because Southampton hadn't been playing badly at that point no no not at all and uh you know they're they're two sloppy goals. You know the 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 two one Saints had eleven men behind the ball, and then it was they didn't do anything particularly special to get the ball onto Harry Kane's head. It was it was their usual sort of predictable pass it around a bit, pass it along the side, and then it's a terrific cross from Kulusevski. And you know the problem comes from the the lack of the two or the loss of the two centre backs because it was. Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Carl Walker-Peters against Harry Kane. You know he's clever enough to to get on the end of a cross like that against the best centre backs in the world, let alone you know a right back and a makeshift centre back. And then the other goal was another set piece that wasn't cleared. It was a corner. Spurs sort of got a couple of half headers on it. They they kept moving it around. And then Romero again when made himself a nuisance against Maitland-Niles. It's it. it the header only is half clear to the edge of the box when Perisic knocks it in. But at that point, the game had been opened up. You know, Saints had been challenging at the other end as well. And, you know, whereas the first half was a bit cagier, the second half was more open. And it's one of the things about Ruben Sellers. You know, in these first few games, a lot has been made of the, the defensive side because they hadn't conceded many goals and they had tightened up a lot. But they hadn't created much. Clearly, he is not a manager who's come in and said, right, we, we just need clean sheets and that'll be our secret or our, our key to getting out of this. He wants the team to be attacking, wants the team to be front foot. And that second half, that was, right, they'll have some chances, but we're going to create some chances and cause some problems as well. And you're right that there was a bit of positivity sucked out of the stadium, but not on the pitch. Those players, their heads never dropped for a minute. And again, there were positive proactive substitutions you know Shea Adams had played really well but on comes Sekumaru who's not had a great time he scored that wonderful goal in the League Cup but you know again these players are really trusted by the manager they believe in the manager as well and they came on and they kept continuing causing more and more problems and that's how Saints got back in the game. You said how the players' heads never dropped. 3-1 down. Theo Walcott pops up and gets a goal. That certainly injected a bit of hope into the game for sure. I mean, that was a well-worked goal, Dean. It was, and it was a brilliant response from, from the players and a quick response, which is what was needed. Um, the substitutions made a difference. Credit to them. They, they came on the pitch. And 
That is what Paul's saying there. The players believe in the manager. They're not coming on the pitch sulking, thinking I should be playing with 3-1 down. This is rubbish. Coming on right, I can help change this. I can help the club. I can help my teammates. And it comes from a set piece. It comes from a second phase. Prelsi stands it up at the back post. Mara wins that header, nice and aggressive. And it just falls to Theo Walcott. And again, he just takes his time. He composes himself and left foot. Lovely strike, gets his head over the ball, hits it into the ground. And it's a really, really good finish. And then it's game on because you're a Tottenham player thinking, we've got this game won. Now they're coming back at us. Now they've got momentum. Now we've got to hold on. So it was it was brilliant. It was great to watch. And I was actually thinking, don't equalise too soon because then you've got to defend even more. I'm, think, I'm hoping for a later goal. I'm hoping for a goal, but a later goal because then they can see the game out because the effort the Southampton players put into that was, was fantastic. And the manager again, I know I keep mentioning him, but he changed the formation today. He went for the 4-2-2-2. So he played two up front and Theo Walcott made a real difference. But in the second half, he tweaked it a little bit where the two centre forwards were playing in between the wider centre half and the wider f- and the wing back to stop the wing backs going forward. And it really allowed Southampton to get some momentum up and have more possession and pin Tottenham in. So those little cute changes just shows that the manager's good man management, but a really good coach as well. And the players believed in that. So it couldn't have fallen to a better person in the box than Phil Walcott. And he was... He was fantastic today. I mean, I don't know where he's getting this energy from, but he looks really quick, really strong, lasted the 90 minutes. He was a real threat. Um, so I enjoyed watching him play. And the two up front, him and Shea, combined really well today. We had some drama right at the end, Paul, as well, as the momentum Dean was talking about was rewarded with a penalty. Correct decision for you? Said before the game that I felt Saints deserved a bit of luck in fixtures against Spurs, that they hadn't had it over the last few years. And first half I thought wow it's gone against them again with the loss of the two centre-backs it was a soft penalty but it was a rash silly challenge you know Ainsley Maitland-Niles is in the air he's round the sort of the the blind side if you like of Pabe Sar who then just swings a leg he probably didn't know Maitland-Niles was there but at the end of the day he's just inside his own uh, area he should know that players are going to be around him and while there was a question mark while the VAR check was going on I was listening to some commentators saying there's no contact there you know if there is it's only very slight I think he's going to go to the monitor and he'll he'll overturn this Saar perhaps crucially perhaps not it shouldn't affect things but he didn't complain at all he seemed to accept that it was a penalty and we've talked about the leadership from the manager and the the belief he's instilled what leadership from James Ward-Prowse He's missed his last two penalties. He steps up. He's facing his best mate in the game, Fraser Forster. They live next door to each other. They used to travel into training every day. They are still very, very good friends, speak most days. He's up against his best mate, and he puts away a penalty like that. Wow. Extraordinary. It was extraordinary. We really enjoyed that from the stands, (laughs) didn't we? We were all on our feet uh, and cheering for that one. Uh, And and Dean, I think it's fair to say the manner of that comeback does make it feel like more than a draw. What will be going through those players' minds now in that dressing room? Well, a lot of love uh, for each (laughs) other, um, a lot of uh, hugs, and and rightly so, but it's a win. It feels like a win because... Do you know why it feels like a win, Kenzie? Because of the atmosphere that was created and the, the fans pl- um, clapping the players off and the, the players coming over showing their appreciation. You see it on the pitch. The players showing appreciation for each other. The manager getting involved. And that's what it will be like in the dressing room. There will be a lot of congratulations. 
and take that. You've got to enjoy those moments and that's going to give you energy. That's going to give you a desire to feel that again and replicate that. And that comes from good performances, fighting for each other and getting points on the board. And, and we need to win games, we know that. But a point when you're in a relegation battle is vital. And it's still, we we'll keep repeating ourselves, it's still to, to, so tight down there. Um, so look, 10 games to go. A little bit of a break now because of the international break. And that was important as well because it gives you that good feeling now. You don't want to go into the national break with a poor performance and a, a defeat. We've got the opposite of that. The players will be absolutely buzzing. So look, the manager's done great. He's changed things around. There's a, there's a real atmosphere now, a good spirit. And the players will be feeling that. And I just love watching that today because they're fighting for each other. They're fighting for this football club and they're fighting to stay in the Premier League. And it was great to watch. It really was. Well, let's get the thoughts of the manager now. Here's what Ruben Sellers had to say after the match. Well, I'm feeling proud. I'm feeling very proud of the performance that uh, the boys put in the pitch. I'm feeling very proud of uh, how the crowd supported us in the last 15 minutes. I think it was a key moment for us. And, uh, of course, we need to, to analyse the game and then we need to get, to get the things that we didn't do well. But I think we didn't deserve to be 3-1 down. And the comeback just show how much football and character we have in our dressing room. Particularly when you consider that that was your third game in less than a week. They're a top four side that had had a clear run up to this game. How much more impressive does it make that fight back? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you can see in the pitch when we consider the 3-1, the boys get together, they send the message to each other and then we went for it. We have the situation to score the second one. has been a difficult, uh, again, when you lose a game against Brentford, it was a difficult to play after three days. but. We show physicality, we show football, we show character, we show togetherness, we show a stadium that uh, bouncing with the, with the team and I'm very proud of it. Talking about challenges, you lose both of your starting centre-backs within about half an hour of the game beginning. How tough did that make it? How pleased were you with how the team responded to that? Well, absolutely. It never happened in my life and I'm 15 years in football, never, never lost uh, two centre-backs because of an injury in the first uh, 30 minutes. So we, we, but we have a big squad, and uh, that's the reality. We we bring Mohamed Salisu in, who was fantastic, and he has been playing for this club for the last three four years. And we bring Angelim uh, Nice, but it was a little bit different. He gave to us a lot of calmness in the in the build up, and the team just managed in the best way possible. Uh, and I think they did a fantastic job. After that international break, Paul, it is West Ham next. What are your early thoughts ahead of that game? I was at West Ham last weekend uh, for their game against Villa and I was also at their previous game against Brighton. They were wretched at Brighton, lost 4-0 and I thought Happy Days is another team that's, that's in real trouble, uh, a team that could perhaps replace Saints in the bottom three by the end of the season. Uh, against Villa, they were much better at home and I was a little bit worried that hmm, perhaps their home form is, is going to be enough, they're going to get out of it. I then looked at their fixtures and at home they've got Saints next as you said then I think it's Newcastle, Man United, Arsenal and Liverpool before Leeds right at the death so they have got a horrible run they've got the distraction if you like of the Conference League as well and I don't think Saints will go there fearing them in the slightest they've had success at West Ham in the past they are playing wonderfully together you know, there have been times on this show, it's no secret, it's a club channel, so we have to focus on the positives and try and gloss over the negatives. There have been times this season that has been a struggle. It's not a struggle today, even though it's only one point, Saints are still bottom of the table. There is so much positivity, there's so much hope 
and reasons for being optimistic in this survival battle now. And West Ham are no great team by any stretch. They are really struggling at the minute. Saints go there with their togetherness, belief and their great talent in there again as well. And this manager is going to have a lot of his players there to work with over this international break. He's going to come up with a good game plan. They're going to play well. I believe that can be a, a really well-earned, deserved, important win there and then see what happens after that. Dean, do you echo Belva's thoughts there? Are you feeling hopeful and optimistic going into that West Ham game? I'm feeling really optimistic because of the Southampton performance um, today, because of the result, but also on the flip side, because of what Paul's just mentioned, the fixtures that West Ham got coming up. So they know they've got to win this Southampton game. So that puts a lot of pressure on. And playing in front of them West Ham fans is tough, especially when it's not going well. And if it's level for a long period of time or Southampton have possession of the ball because of the style they're playing now, they will get frustrated. And I would say West Ham are the opposite. They don't look together. They look like a lot of individuals. There's a, there seems to be a lot of blame coming out of that camp. Um, so I can only imagine what it's, it's like there. That doesn't guarantee that they're going to win the game or lose the game. But optimism, yes. Because if you take that spirit and that fight, um, you can win any game, especially when you come from behind like that. that that's, that's such a good value, such a good quality to have. Because when you're 1-0 down, you're not thinking, oh, the game's lost. You can come back into it. So I fancy Southampton. Yeah, and looking forward to it. Good stuff. Well, Dean, Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really nice having you as always. Well, a late penalty from Prowse. He rescues a point for Saints as they draw three all here at St Mary's with Spurs. Now, next up is the international break, so enjoy that, whoever you may be supporting, and we'll see you soon. Bye for now.